You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Separation is a painful experience wherever you're at in life. But when you have kids, it can be even harder. To them, you're the parents and together you're a unit, you're a family. So how do you manage separation in the best way for your children? Dr. Anna Cohen is a clinical child psychologist at Kids & Co. She helps families deal with these difficult situations. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. This is going to sound really silly, but one of my number one fans is my mother-in-law, so I actually have to preface this conversation by saying I am not thinking about (laughs) separating, but I'm at that point where I do have friends who've been through this or who are even on the cusp of going through it. Um, And the thing that strikes me is that it's really painful for parents to start with, and I'm wondering, is it like the case of the oxygen mask? Do we need to make sure we have looked after ourselves before we can help our kids? Look, I think that's relevant for lots of issues. Yes. Yeah, so we've got to be... Um, and, and I'm wondering as well, is there a right way of telling children? Ooh. It's hard, right? Yes. Because I'm, it's messy. Yeah, it is. And every family's different. So what might work for me may not work for you. And it's very much about empowering families to do this in a way that's right for them and right for their children, but more than that, keeping conflict out of it so that we're not bringing children into too much adult knowledge or or adult um, conflict, I suppose. How do you even explain a concept? If you, if you ch- mm. children are, let's say, I'm going to take my own kids as an example mm-hmm. because I'd look at them and think, you wouldn't understand. They're, they're three and five. Mm. How do you explain a concept like mm. Mummy and daddy or mummy and mummy or daddy mm. and daddy aren't going to be mm. together. How mm. do you mm. explain mm. that in words mm. that are appropriate mm. for them? Mm. And that's really important that it's pitched at the developmental level of that child. And for us, we would always say, be as honest as you can be within reason. Because if it's dishonest, you're going to forget what you've shared. And then you're seen to be not 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 straight with them, I suppose. So, for instance, your five-year-old is going to understand a lot more of that conversation than your three-year-old, and they're going to express their distress in very different ways. So often I encourage parents to sit down together, if they can, with the children, and often they may need a bit of input from a psychologist or a counsellor to guide them before they do this. Sit down with the children together and make it really clear that this is grown-up grown-up issues. This is not about them, Um, that mummy and daddy love them very much, but mummy and daddy have decided not to live in the same house anymore and that they're not in trouble and they haven't done the wrong thing, but this is grown-up decisions. Um, And then we need to explain to kids the structure. How's it going to work? What's going to happen? And that must be tough because I'm sure people Mm. don't even know how Mm. it's going to work in the first instant, Mm. instance, I should say. Um, So what if you're in that position where you've decided to separate, separate, but you know that you're going to have to live together for a mm. period of time mm. before mm. you mm. actually separate the mm. households. Mm. Mm. That's tricky again, isn't it? Because kids pick up on the subtle things. They are really good at feeling the vibe around them. So I think it's really important for parents to be clear on how this is going to be be working and playing out before they're sharing that with kids. And I think, again, I come back to the key is that our kids can thrive in a separated context as long as we are not putting them in the middle and we're keeping conflict to a minimum. 
And we can really model some amazing things to our children, like how mummy and daddy resolve conflict, that we can disagree, but we can treat each other with respect. And that that takes such maturity from an adult. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. couldn't that be the problem in the first place? Like if you're separating yeah. because you don't communicate yeah. well. Yeah. How do you um, how do you put it to parents that okay you're going to have to put your big adult pants on with this one like, yeah yeah how do you get to that point yeah. with them yeah now this is not my works per se but what we do in our practice is we refer those couples to our family therapist and she sits with them around the decision around what they want to share with the kids and often we're nutting out all the hard stuff before children are being told. And I think what's really, really important is that we're teaching this couple how to redefine their relationship. So it's about redefining it. You are always going to be co-parents here for these children, and we can help our kids to thrive in this context by being clear about what what's happening, about treating each other well and respectfully, putting our own adult conflict or issues aside and and co-parenting for our children because they can thrive in this. And the notion is we're going to have a solid bridge where children can cross from mummy to daddy and back again or from mum and mum or whatever the family context is um, in a way that suits the children well. And that's what it's about. It's building these kids up to feel secure, even although their family's different now. Um, that's, that idea of nutting it out before you tell the children is really interesting to me because I was thinking if you sit down and you say mummy and daddy aren't going to be together, for a child I imagine the first thing would be, well, what's going to happen to me? That's right. That's and, right. And working out that difference about who's staying where and that's right. at what days. That's right. When I've seen it happen, it's all been, it's been a jigsaw puzzle for a lot of reasons. So what work is dad doing? What work is that's mum right. doing? And how is it going to work practically right. before you even get to the emotional part of yeah. wanting each parent wanting yeah. to be with their kid? Yeah. So um, I guess my question is, uh, if you've made that decision as, as a couple that you're going to separate, it sounds like there's a lot of work you need to do before you can sit down and tell the kids in a, in a way that's safe for them. Yeah, because you need to be clear on what's going to happen. Because if you're not clear, then how can we support our children to feel safe and secure in that? And it is so big when mum and dad choose to separate or when caregiving parents choose to separate. And for, their, for children, they're bereft, they're grieving. And when children grieve, they do it in a really different way to us. So if I'm distressed as an adult, I might be down in the dumps for a few weeks and then gradually pick up and get back on my feet. For our children, it's like being in puddles. It's like the rains, it's been a wet day, the sun's come out and there's all these puddles and kids are avoiding the puddle and then suddenly they're in a puddle. And we as the caregiving adults need to go, okay, that's them grieving now. And kids need to re-engage with everyday life. But if we're not clear on what this is going to look like, we can't support them to feel safe and secure in this. And that's our goal. We have to support the children to be safe and secure. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Dr. Anna Cohen. She's a clinical child psychologist at Kids and Co. And we're talking about um, if you've decided to separate, how you can do that in a way that helps your children feel secure and safe. Um, we were just kind of talking about the immediate aftermath of deciding that you're going to separate. But like you just mentioned, um, children grieve differently to us. I've noticed with my daughter that when um, her her nono passed away, 
it was two years or so ago now, she would come up with statements six months, a year, 18 months later, where she was still really sad about it. Um, and not to say that we aren't all still sad about it, but I, it surprised me because I, I always think with children that their memories aren't so great and that they're growing, there's so much going on in their lives. And But her sadness was like this little undercurrent. So you've talked about the puddles and being aware of them. Um, how should parents think about this? Because in terms of their separation and their pain and at their healing process, they might be feeling better in six months. Mm-hmm. Do we need to be aware that mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. it can take a lot longer than that? It can. It can take a long time. And I think it stays with children throughout their childhood and even for young women and, and young men as they move into adulthood. So for most kids, there's a desire for mum and dad to get back together, even if it wasn't ever happy. And with with some work, we can support children to adjust to this new family environment or the new context. And every child responds differently. So as I sort of mentioned before, what works for one child isn't going to work for all children or what works Even for one family. Even in the same family. family. No, not necessarily. So I look at my own children and raised in the same household with the same parents, they are so different. So... For my older daughter, what she's going to need is going to be very different to my younger child. And we have to meet a child where they're at in a moment in time. And that's our job as a parent to be able to read where our kids are at. But you're right, it does take time. And we think they're over it and then suddenly they're distressed or they're aggressing or they're not managing to go to school or they just seem really sad. And with a little bit of engagement with that child, we can start to work out what's happening. Um, And it might just be that they're missing the other parent or that they're missing how things are or how things were, rather. Or that, you know, for some kids, we're dealing with Father's Day coming up. And a lot of parents are coming to me with questions around, what should I do? Um, Because right now this child is distressed because Father's Day is coming up. And it's really highlighting that for them, their family is different. Um, And in terms of um, that missing the other person, is there anything we can do as parents? Let's say the couple's got to a point where the kids are with one parent for a period of time and with the other for the period of time. And when they're with you, they miss dad. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't want to. And and maybe they've decided that you've done something they don't like and dad will be okay with it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I want to go to dad's house. How do you manage that in a way that um, supports, like you say, where they're at, but also doesn't um, necessarily bash down the structures you've put in place to make their world secure? Or undermine the other parent. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So we, we again, do a lot with this concept of a bridge. And we talk to children about the bridge and we talk to parents about the bridge. And the, the goal is that my child can cross from me to her dad across this solid bridge when she needs to. But she can't cross the bridge if she's had a fight with me. She needs to sort the fight out with me or the conflict or the disagreement or whatever we want to say. And once that's resolved, then she crosses the bridge to her dad. So that bridge isn't, I'm going to escape from mum because you're making me clean my room up. Yes. (laughs) The bridge is, I miss my dad and I'm going to go see my dad or my mum but I can come back as I need to. So the parents have that language and the kids have that language. And then there's deals within families or a value base that says you can go 
switch from one parent to the other when you need to, unless it's because we're having an argument. If we're having an argument, we need to sort that out and then you can go. Um, Because otherwise we're teaching kids that they just can run away from that and it's not giving them life skills. What about if everything's fine, but they want to give... um they're just missing them. Is it okay to then say, well, do you want to call daddy and talk to daddy? Or does that make it worse? Uh, again, it depends on the child. Okay, every situation's different. But I'm a really big believer that as the parents, we need to be saying, if you need to contact mum or dad at any time, that's okay. And this gets tricky when there's court orders in place and parents are in huge conflict. But in an ideal world, where we've set this up that mum and dad love you. You are a part of this family and we are a family no matter what just because we're not living in the same house anymore doesn't mean we're not a family and you can go to mum and dad when you need to and that we're going to try and support you as mum and dad in a way that's right for you. Is there anything you can do in terms of um, putting other sort of structures around your children to help them through that process? Like, I don't know, um, making sure they see their grandparents once a week or... um, uh, having playdates with certain friends they're close mm. to. You know, that's mm. that social support. Mm. Is there a way we can help build another tier around them mm. to help mm. along the way? Mm. I think so. But I think more importantly, it's actually about your routines. That if your routine is the same across both homes, if your requests are the same across both homes, kids feel secure because they know where the boundaries are. And if our separation hasn't meant that their life is completely different in that we haven't uprooted them from their school or their environment, their context where they've grown up, that they know where they belong in that, then they manage much, much better. And by me having a structure in my home and you having a structure in your home that's similar, even although we're very different people, then our children can manage because they know where the limits are. And it's our limits and it's our expectations that help our kids feel safe. They know where the boundaries are. They know how far they can push or not. So in that context, is it if you can manage it, Mm -hmm. the idea that the child will stay or children will stay in the family home or the Mm -hmm. place they're most Mm -hmm. accustomed Mm -hmm. to will help Mm -hmm. them better? Absolutely. In an ideal world, I would have it that the children stay in the family home and us adults move in and out. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. I've actually heard of a couple doing that. Yeah. It was incredible. That's right. I've worked with many families that have done that, and those kids have had incredible outcomes. Um, one family in particular I regularly think of when I speak to people about this is those girls were very young when mum and dad separated, and the family had the resources that they could keep the family home. And those girls stayed in that home until they were through university. Wow. And then the parents sold the home. Um, and those kids just did not miss a beat because it wasn't that different. Mum and dad often weren't there at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? It's fantastic. So that's ideal. It doesn't work for many families. So mm. it's wrong to say that that's the best thing. Yeah. Families have to find what works for them. But I guess I always say to parents, imagine living out of a suitcase for the next 10 years. How's that going to feel? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's heartbreaking yeah. topic, but it's yeah. it's an important one. Yeah. Anna, thank you so much for it's coming my in. That's Dr. Anna Cohen. She's a clinical child psychologist at Kids and Co. And we'll have links to Kids and Co. up on our website later this afternoon. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.